you rather? Are you ready, Nick? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, you're well rested. You've had Pretty your coffee. Well no coffee yet. No coffee yet? Are you mm -hmm. a coffee drinker? Yeah, I'm getting Toasty Goat later. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, good choice. What do you, what's your drink at Toasty Goat? Lately, I've been getting the brown sugar cinnamon latte. Hot. Fancy. 12 or 16 ounce. Normally the 16. Okay. But I, I miss when I used to get the 12 ounces, they'd bring it out to you in the cup uh -huh. with the latte art. Uh -huh. When you get the 16 ounce, they don't have that big of a cup. So it just comes in like a to-go cup. Okay. So it's a trade-off. It is. Yeah. But the caffeine is worth More it. More coffee for less beauty. Art. But Ooh, that's, that's significant. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. All right. Here we go with some Would You Rather Christmas with Nick Herman. I'm ready. Nick, would you rather be left home alone at Christmas or lost in a new city? Hmm. I think I would prefer left home alone because okay. I could get cozy and comfy. Okay. Feel that? Okay. Um, would you rather have Rudolph's red nose or be green like the Grinch? Rudolph's red nose for sure. All right. Nick, would you rather be a tester of Christmas toys or a taster of Christmas foods? Ooh, taster of Christmas foods. Let me tell you, growing up, my parents ran a chocolate store and they flipped the fudge. And they, I was the professional taste tester. I would get the first little lick of every fudge. They I flipped, wouldn't lick like the fudge. Flipped Fuck. the fudge? That's oh, a yeah. thing? Yeah. Wow. You make it in a big like cauldron, then you pour uh -huh. it out onto a marble table uh -huh. so it cools off. Uh -huh. And while it's cooling off, you throw it up in the air so it gets air in it and it cools down and it fluffs up. It's really fun. Okay. And I was a taste tester, so I, you, I love that world. Okay. Wow. You almost grew up in the North Pole. Pretty much. Mm. In Kansas City. North in Pole Kansas, Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nick, would you rather have pointy elf ears or a Santa beard that instantly regrows? Well, currently I've been trying to grow my beard, so I'd probably go for a Santa beard that regrows. <laughs> okay. It's a long process. For some, yes. I not, not the most beautiful either. Okay, okay. Very good. Sounds like fun, Santa Beard. That instantly regrows, Yeah, huh? yeah. It all just matters what Leah thinks of it, though, That's right? True. I mean, at the end That's of the true. day. Would you rather travel on the Polar Express or the Grinch's sleigh? Ooh. I think the Grinch's sleigh would be fun, but the Polar Express would be cool. Yeah. I don't know. Depends on how you feel about Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's true. So, fair. Would you rather be able to climb down chimneys or travel at the speed of light? Climbing down chimneys sounds like it might be kind of creepy. So um, let's yeah. go for travel at the speed of light. Yeah. Good call. Thank you. The safe Thank choice. You. All right. Now, in all seriousness, Nick, tell me one thing that you're <clears> doing <throat> this week in this season to help you get ready for Christmas. That's a great question. And one of the things that I've loved doing is in the student ministry, we've put up our Christmas tree and been really trying to get in the Christmas spirit with candy canes during our games. And we've been really trying to embrace the Christmas music during our hangout times. It's been really fun being able to do that with the students and celebrate with hot chocolate and marshmallows and, and things like that. Love it. That's been really fun. Love it. Well, everyone, we want to welcome you to the Compass Christmas podcast series. I'm Molly Batorf. And I'm Nick Herman. And we're glad that you're joining, listening in with us. Our goal for this series is just to reflect on what does it mean to find rest in this Christmas season? 
Um, Nick finds it at Toasty Goat in a 16-ounce mm -hmm. latte. Mm -hmm. um, I'm still looking for it. I've got my tea here. Um, but we're hopeful that as we spend some time together and talk about things that maybe we could talk about what does it mean for us as followers of Jesus to find rest in a season that can be, well, more hectic than the playground noises going on right outside these doors right That's now. right. That's right. My family and I visited Southern California in October this year. We flew in and rented a minivan to haul our three kids and all of our stuff. The trip was lovely, but I was surprised at how much of it was spent on the California highway system. The California highway system is nothing like my local Missouri interstate. Everywhere you look, it's six lanes each direction, jammed full of cars, HOV lanes, express lanes, people constantly merging. And then there are those motorcyclists with a death wish zipping in between lanes. Sometimes I feel like the space between Thanksgiving and the Christmas season is a little like the California interstate system. On Wednesday of Thanksgiving week, the acceleration begins. You've navigated the grocery stores and are doing the make-ahead work that you can for the big day. Then it's Thursday and things speed up towards the most lovely 29 minutes of eating followed by three hours of cleanup. And then it's Black Friday and you're expected to be at Best Buy at 6 a.m. waiting for the doors to open so you can get that new game console at the very best price. Black Friday launches into Small Business Saturday, then a brief respite for Sunday. Unless you're one of 55 million people on the highway packed with cranky kids and questionable leftovers trying to make your way home. You've barely unpacked your suitcases and started the laundry when Cyber Monday dawns and you have precious few hours to find just the perfect gift for all 30 people on your list before the savings disappear into the ether. But the acceleration isn't done, folks. Giving Tuesday erupts with 749 emails in your inbox. Physical letters imploring your donations pour out of your mailbox. How do they time it that way? and every well-deserving nonprofit, ministry group, food bank, or scout troop that you've ever shared even 50 cents with is coming out of the woodwork asking for your donation. Feel like you're moving 80 miles per hour yet? And I haven't even started in on Christmas parties, house decorating, Christmas baking, school performances, and family gatherings. In the noise of the accelerating vehicles, the highway rumble strips, the stress of watching for your highway interchange, is this my exit? The prophet Isaiah whispers to us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This child that Isaiah speaks of is born centuries after the prophecy, and we know him as Jesus. Born of humble circumstances, this child grows into a man who is able to bring peace to all kinds of situations. In one instance, he speaks peace to a raging storm and immediately the torrential winds and overpowering waves are replaced with perfect calm. In another instance, this man brings peace, wholeness, to a man born blind by restoring his sight. And again, in a display of incredible friendship and persistence, the friends of a man born paralyzed break through a roof to get their friend to the feet of Jesus. In this exchange, Jesus offers an unexpected peace. He gives peace between this man and God, 
your sins are forgiven. But then he restores the man's body as unmistakable proof that one who had been broken is now made whole. These are incredible truths and profound spiritual realities. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he brings this this shalom, this wholeness to our relationship, our relationship with nature, our relationship within our own physical experience in our bodies, and our relationship with the Holy God. But can this peace break through to my ever-accelerating, obstacle-dodging, schedule-managing life? It's tempting for us to take in these spiritual realities and load them away as truth tokens that we can access at a later date. Yes, Jesus brings peace. Yes, he says he's come to bring life and bring it to the full, and the list of his provisions goes on and on. But what if that peace is just cerebral, just spiritual? If it's to be accessed like a cosmic coupon code, only good upon Christ's return, then where does that leave us today? What does the Prince of Peace have to offer the single mom who is just trying to keep her kids fed each day? What does the Prince of Peace have for the widow facing the first round of holidays in decades without her beloved spouse? For the teen with crippling anxiety, For the parent who puts Christmas on the credit card in hopes that somehow January comes with a way out of debt. I believe that the promised Prince of Peace offers us something today in the here and now, a peace that calms, restores, and heals. But if we're going 80 miles per hour, it can be hard to experience. See, the world seems to expect us and push us to move at this breakneck speed, but to match God's speed, we'll definitely have to apply some cruise control. Japanese theologian Kosuke Koyama claims that God's pace is quite different from the pace of our culture. He wrote, Love has its speed. It is a different kind of speed from the technological speed to which we are accustomed. It goes on in the depth of life at three miles per hour. It is the speed we walk, and therefore the speed the love of God walks. Sometimes we have to purposefully slow down in order to catch up to God. So, how do we catch up to the three-mile-per-hour God? We look for the exits, the off-ramps, to rest stops. These rest stops can also be called spiritual disciplines. Disciplines not to be confused with punishment, but practices that we use to slow down, to experience, what God is always offering. These are not things we do to earn God's favor, but practices we engage in to savor His presence. A few rest stops you might visit in this Christmas season. Walking. As mentioned above, there is something about walking that slows us down and can make us beautifully inefficient such that we find room to meet with God. What would it look like for you to lace up your sneakers grab that wool cap and mittens and just meander along the trail or through your neighborhood during this Christmas season. Silence and solitude. Jesus had demands on his life. There were crowds, expectations, unending needs pressing upon him. But throughout the Gospels, we see so many examples of Jesus taking time away. He would retreat to be with his father. Silence and solitude are a practice and an invitation to followers of Jesus, but mostly they are a gift. To unplug your devices, 
Remove yourself from the usual needs and rhythms and just be with God. To let your mind race and then invite it to settle again and maybe, maybe even pop back to the present and announce to God, I'm back, knowing that he never leaves us. An Advent calendar. There are numerous resources for people in every stage of life to engage with during this Advent season. Amazon has over 8,000 options to peruse, though I wouldn't say they're all equally helpful for our desire to find rest. Whether you find a daily devotional book that walks you through scripture, or perhaps a Jesse tree like my family uses, Advent resources can help you build a rhythm of intentionally slowing down and focusing on the beauty, the waiting, and the longing that this Advent season holds for us. When January comes and the tinsel is tossed out, the lights packed away and the frenetic pace dies down, how will you reflect on the Christmas season? Will it be just another sprint of activity and expectation that you survived? Or might it be a season where you were sustained by the one who calms the seas? Could it be a time where the child who was given became a little more tangible, his peace a little more palpable? I pray that you would enjoy the gift of the divine rest stops in the weeks to come and know the Prince of Peace in a real and present way. Thank you, Molly. Seriously, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that devotional. I love how you picture rest. Maybe, maybe in my mind, I think of rest more as just an absence of things to do. But it might just be that the to-do list never stops. And rest maybe isn't just not doing anything, but as a choice of rebelling against what I think I need to do or should do against the weights and the pressures that I feel or an act of rebelling against what I should be doing in order to really live in the peace that we claim our Prince offers. Because if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, I think you're absolutely right. It's not just future, it's now. I think Jesus really offers us peace today. And that might take rebellion to truly experience. Like Craig has preached, it's not based on our willpower, but it is something that we can choose to pursue in Christ, in our union with Christ, as Marshall might say. But this Christmas season, I hope we can all learn to discover the rest of Christmas. Thanks for listening in. We'll see you next week with another fresh take on the rest of Christmas.